I'm here today with Marnie Johnson, who's Vice President of Human Resources and Communications at North Shore Credit Union. Hey, Marnie, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you, Erica. And you? I'm good, thanks. Good. I'm here with Marnie because of a conversation that I had with someone that I met when I was just having a networking meeting. She was talking about the wonderful experience that she'd had. She's a consultant, as I am. And she was talking about the wonderful experience that she'd had with a client recently, and she named the client North Shore Credit Union. And wouldn't you know it, I had worked with North Shore Credit Union, uh, developing a respectful workplace policy in their context of creating an environment of respect for their employees. And I thought, wow, isn't this the kind of PR that you can't even pay for where you're having a conversation and someone just starts saying how welcoming it was and how much she enjoyed working there, what a great experience it was. And she worked with you for around a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I thought, hey, I have to get in touch with Marnie and find a little bit more about what was it that, you know, caused Michelle to have such a great experience? Because I think that our listeners would really find that valuable information. So let's start off, Marnie, today talking a little bit about sort of North Shore Credit Union as distinct from sort of banks and who you are and what you're about. Uh, we are uh, the sixth largest credit union in BC. We have um, about 300 employees and we pride ourselves on being a member-driven organization. And we are very different from the banks because we can put our members first and do what's right for them and for our employees, which is different from the banks because we're not bottom line driven. We don't have shareholders per se that we have to um, deliver numbers to. We can look at much more than that. Okay. So one of the things that I talk about in Road to Respect is the importance of organizations being values driven. So is when you talk about being member-driven, is that one of your values? Does that feed into your values here at North Shore Credit Union? It does, absolutely. Um, being member-driven is one of our six core values, and that is something that we consider every single day when we do our business. We're a very member-centric business, and we are focusing constantly on the experience that our members have and, and how we deliver that. And we keep that top of mind through employee behaviors, through our branches, through everything that we do. Okay, great. Now, when I was on your website, one of the things that um, caught my eye, you have your values and then you have your credo. And uh, under your credo, there was something that for me is really important, which says employees must feel free to express their ideas and opinions openly and honestly. We must get... We must respect their input if we are to succeed. Now, you've read my book, Marty. You know me well enough to know that when I read something like that, I go, yes, absolutely. But as a consultant, I know that it can be really challenging to create an environment where employees do speak up openly. Mm -hmm. So could you talk to us a little bit about what you do here at North Shore Credit Union to really encourage that and to create an environment where employees can speak openly? Well, first of all, I think... We have set the stage by creating what we have called our employment deal. And that's based on the premise that our employees are, are equal partners with us. We don't have a culture of paternalism. We very much view our relationship with our employees as an adult-to-adult -adult kind of relationship, a shared partnership. So we have an employment deal that says, here's what we expect from you, and here's what we commit to give you in return. 
And part of that is that we will be open and honest and transparent with employees, and we expect them to provide us constructive feedback in return. So some of the things we've done around that, we have an employee opinion survey that we do every year, and that is a very big deal for us. We run the survey, we do follow-up focus groups, we determine the top three issues that employees have told us we need to focus on, and then we commit to working on those through the year, and we continually update employees on what we're doing in that regard. A really big thing for us, too, is ensuring that employees have a great relationship with our executive management team. We learned through research a couple of years ago that employees' perception of the executives is fundamental to their overall level of engagement. And so we've worked really, really hard to have the executive team be visible and approachable. So, for example, one thing we do is we have regular face-to-face visits with the executives and employees. So twice a month, each executive is meeting with a branch or a department, and that allows each of us to see every single employee at one, at least once during the year. And the purpose of those sessions is for us to share information with them, but also to find out how they are feeling about things. So, sorry, so how many mm-hmm. employees would be in one of these sessions? Well, in a branch or department, you might have 10, 12, 15 employees. It really depends on okay. the group. So you're talking about the opportunity, looking for creating an opportunity for real conversation, almost intimacy, if I can use mm-hmm. that word. Absolutely. Where, because, you know, as opposed to a, a conversation where there's sort of 100 or 200 employees. Yes, absolutely. There is definitely that opportunity for dialogue. And we do that going back to being member-centric. We have to treat our employees the same way because, A, our employees are members, but if we're expecting them to behave in a certain way to our external members, we have to have that same kind of strong relationship with them. And so that's one of the things we do are these face-to-face visits. And just recently, I was out at one of our branches and... We were talking about the employee opinion survey, and they gave me some great feedback, and I came back and we changed the survey as a result of it. So employees' opinions really do matter. Wow, great. And of course, when you have a meeting with employees, they give you feedback, and then they see that their feedback is actually making a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the critically important thing. It's reinforcing that we're not really just here for some sort of window dressing kind of event, Absolutely. but we really are interested in listening to you. Yeah. Now, I just want to pick up on something that you said briefly. Um, you talked about relationship, having relationships with members and you Mm -hmm. having the same kinds of relationships with employees. And that's something that I talk a lot about in Road to Respect. So um, are there other opportunities that you um, create to develop relationship with employees, not only in the executive team, but with with leaders, employees? How do you work to develop relationships within the organization? That certainly uh, is a big deal for us. We have less formal opportunities Mm -hmm. than, you know, the sit-down face-to-face things. We've uh, had the executive team 
serve ice cream to mm-hmm. staff on this floor okay. or serve them breakfast. We had a we did a large banking system conversion project in the fall and people here were just going so far above and beyond and and we wanted to thank them for their uh, their efforts. And so we had a couple of ice cream days. We had breakfast things where people could just, you know, come and see the executive as real people and have a chance to interact with us. And that went over really, really well. Great. We also have all staff events where everybody comes, have social time before the event. And then there are presentations, but they also get the opportunity to see the executive as just real people. And uh, as part of that, we also like to mix the employees up a bit. Mm-hmm. At this all-staff event, we do assign seating, but we make sure that we put people together who might not have oh, great. met before. So it's an opportunity for the staff person in Whistler to meet somebody in central services that they may correspond with, but perhaps they've never met before. Right, and then it's always great when you um, have the ability for that face-to-face relationship because one of the things I say, it's a lot easier to be disrespectful to people when you don't have that face-to-face relationship. When you know someone, then you are more hesitant to kind of say, well, what should I say or do here? So that's great, and that's a great idea to look at strategically placing employees Mm -hmm. who need to get to, might Mm -hmm. want to get to know each other better because Let's face it, you and I, we won't do that. We'll look for the people we know, and we'll go and sit with them. And on the one hand, it's great that people are so comfortable with the teams that they work with. One of the things we find in our employee opinion survey is that we have a really, really strong culture, and people are very caring and um, great friends with their co-workers. We get scores in the 90s on wow. co-worker relationships. And so it's great that when you get to an event like that, people want to sit with mm-hmm. their teams because they get right. along so well. But at the same time, there is that opportunity to right. mix things up. Well, that's fantastic, a score of 90%, because I know that's something I work with a lot of my clients, is how do we develop stronger relationships with co-workers? And that brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is, um, you know, the issue of team. One of the values that I found on the website talks about uh, being team-oriented, believing in the success of the team, depending on individual and collective efforts. And you talked earlier about being equal participants, being accountable to each other, Mm. understanding our roles and responsibilities. So we all know that teamwork and being in a team is critically important to so many businesses. So can you tell us a little bit about how you bring that value of being team-oriented and how you create this very strong sense of connection and relationship within your teams? I think part of it starts from the top of the organization down. I am extremely fortunate to work with a fantastic executive team. And people see the way we interact with each other, and they know that we are a cohesive group. And I think that really helps, because then that gets cascaded down the organization. We have, um, when we have a new employee orientation, all of the executive team goes. And we have half an hour where we just have coffee and chat and people can see, they see the banter among us, they can see that 
we have tremendous respect for each other and that we are a very cohesive team, so that helps. We also foster teamwork through our incentive program. We have a variable pay program that goes across the credit union, and there are three components to that. One is a corporate component where everybody is working together towards specific corporate goals. There's a team component that can account for as much as 30% of somebody's incentive, and then there's an individual component. And with that team piece, there's support for everybody because, of course, you all want to make this goal. But then there's a certain amount of peer pressure as well because Mm -hmm. you're expected to contribute along with everybody else. So that really contributes to the team dynamic. We also support our teams in a number of ways. Every year we give teams money to say, just go and do whatever you want. Go and celebrate together. And if you want to go out for dinner, if you want to go do some sporting event, whatever is going to work for your team. And that's always very much appreciated. Great. So specifically for social functions, mm-hmm. not for, okay. And, um, you know, it. what you just said before harkens back to something I was writing about in the last newsletter, which was sort of the idea of healthy competition when we're sort of focused and how... Um, working on a sort of a common goal but with a little bit of competitive if we harness that sort of healthy competition can really help people to uh, bring out their best and within the team environment that you talked about the executive um, team but another challenge I think that a lot of organizations have is creating leaders at the middle manager level Mm -hmm. that are really able to develop those kind of relationship-based teams so can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about how you um, support your middle managers and bring that kind of cohesive um, team leadership down to the next levels. Mm-hmm. We have regular meetings of, for example, our branch managers and our member service managers who are one level down from them. And they all get together once a month for most of a day and they have the opportunity to work together to share ideas, to develop their leadership skills, and to talk about how they can build cohesive teams. Oh, great. And within, um, do you offer structured training, or how do you approach training for, for your leaders? We do offer structured training. We're working on something right now that we're calling the manager's curriculum, okay. and that's an A to Z program of everything that you need to be able to do as a manager and a leader. Mm -hmm. And although we don't, we're not making that program mandatory, it is certainly highly recommended and we've had great signups for it so far. And I'm interested in the the, uh, thinking behind not making the program mandatory. What, what What were the factors you thought about there? Well, we at North Shore Credit Union Try to stay away from what I consider um, policing or laying out hard and fast policies. Again, because we're saying, you guys are adults, we're adults, you can make up your own mind. So we don't want to say, you have to do this, you have to do that. We're hoping that through moral suasion and logic Mm -hmm. that um, we can get people to 
to participate in things like the manager's curriculum. Right. And to me, that speaks back to your core value of respect and building trust and respect. Because, again, I know I'm the kind of person that as soon as someone tells me I have to do something, I have this instinct of, well, why do I have to do something? Whereas if something is offered to me as a possibility to assist me, support me, help me do better at my job then I might think, yeah, now that sounds like a great idea. So I, I, I really applaud that respectful choice that you make because I think that does really encourage and then it really reinforces what you said about treating people as if they are adults as opposed mm-hmm. to making things mandatory. That's a great suggestion. And, and we do have very high expectations of our managers. For example, we have 20% of their individual performance objectives based around coaching of their teams. Oh, really? So if they're going to be expected to deliver coaching, then we have to provide the training for them to be able to do that, and it kind of makes sense that they would want to take advantage of right. that. So they're required to, to do, so what kind, is coaching for performance, or what? how does that work, that coaching that you just talked mm-hmm. about? They are expected to have at least monthly coaching sessions with every single one of their direct reports. Okay. And they are asked to log that in our um, computer system and keep track of those conversations. And of course, coaching happens far more regularly than just the monthly sit down. Mm-hmm. Coaching happens all the time, every day. But we ask that they have a formal coaching session at least once a month. Right. And I think what you're describing is kind of a coaching culture, which Absolutely. is another thing I talk about in Road to Respect. However, as you said, it's, I think, a question of creating that expectation. So once you have that formalistic, and you, you're obviously, as you described, holding your your team accountable for having those sessions, then that starts to create that culture where the relationship is developed, mm-hmm. that coaching relationship, and then that can become a characteristic of the ongoing relationship of the supervisor and his or her team, which is critically important in developing a respectful and supportive kind of team environment. Yeah. And again, we model that from the top of the organization down. Right. So everybody is expected to do that coaching. Right. And critically important, that mm-hmm. modeling. Um, Now, another thing that caught my eye when I was taking a look around your website has to do with corporate social responsibility. Now, certainly corporate social responsibility is pretty much flavor of the month in some companies uh, these days. And I know it's, it's, you know, the the politically correct thing to do, but I don't think this is something that's come to you all that recently. Um, And you talk about acting as a role model in every community that you serve. And for me, that goes back to really more that respectful relationship as, as opposed to just an isolated sort of initiative. So can you talk a little bit about your corporate social responsibility approach and why that's important and how that fits in with you as an organization and your values? Sure. We look at corporate social responsibility along three different lines. One of them is certainly environmental responsibility, which is typically what people think of when you say CSR, they're thinking about things being green. Mm -hmm. And we believe that we certainly have a responsibility to the environment and to our communities to be green or, or responsible in that way. And so we have partnered with, for example, North Shore Recycling, the whole Blue Box Blue Box program, um, we sponsor that. And in the branches that we've renovated, we've used green practices, so that is definitely top of mind for us. But we also 
consider corporate governance in being socially responsible. That is a big part. And we have done a lot of work on our board to ensure that we have really, really good governance practices and that we have the directors that we need for our business to be successful. Okay. The third arm of CSR for us is corporate giving and community involvement. And that is a very big deal for us. In 2008, we gave a million dollars to the North Shore Outdoor School to build the North Shore Credit Union Environmental Learning Center. That was the largest gift that we had ever given. And that was a, a big deal for us. We also support the community through participation in community events mm -hmm. and through our volunteering outside the bank program, which is an internal employee program. Oh. And the idea there is that you volunteer for 40 hours in the course of the year, and if you do that, then you get $100 toward the charity of your choice, and your name is entered to win 40 hours of paid time off. Oh, great. So we get lots of people participating in that, and that's a way for us to help our employees do more than just write a check. Mm -hmm. It's actually being involved in the community. And we, as a small community-based organization, we are very invested in the communities where we do business, and so it's just the right thing to be able to support those communities. Right. And again, to me, that demonstrates respect for the communities because it's saying to the communities, we see who you are, we want to be, as you said, we have a relationship, be in a partnership with the community, so what can we do to support you? And we live here. You know, right. we don't, this is where our head office is, this is where our people live. We're not just some organization back east mm -hmm. that doesn't have that connection to the community. Right. And connection is, I think, so critically important and something that is unfortunately, I think, being lost all too often these days because of the sort of the nature of our lives. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of the nature of our lives, um, something else that I saw that really caught my eye was a statement that talked about an environment that supports a healthy lifestyle, one that recognizes the value of family and supports balance in our lives. Now, as a working single parent, I'm constantly grappling with this idea of finding balance. I've blogged and written about it. And um, I think it's interesting to see how organizations deal with it. I, I think at one extreme, you have organizations that simply don't acknowledge that there's an sort of an interest in balance, which I think is to the detriment not only of the employees, but to the organization as well. But, you know, then I think that there's organizations such as yours, such as um, North Shore Credit Union, which is very, you know, making a, a, an open statement about the importance of supporting family and balance. So I'm really interested to hear sort of how you got to the point where that became important for you here at North Shore Credit Union and what you do to make that reality for the employees here. Well, We've come to realize that balance is absolutely critical for our employees, and in the long run it pays off for us as well. We don't want employees who are going to be total workaholics and burn out, because it's not good for them and it's not good for us. Mm -hmm. So we have a number of programs that do support balance, and 
to some extent it's family balance, but certainly other things in people's lives as well. As I mentioned with the volunteering, we have a number of employees who want extra time to be able to go and do that. Right. So we can work that out. We have um, a flexible work schedule guideline. Okay. That it doesn't apply to everybody because being member-centric, we need to make sure that member service is looked after first. Right. But where possible, people can work a reduced work week or they can take time during the day when they need it for family or other personal commitments. Right. And going back to that whole employment deal, Mm -hmm. it is based on trust. And the more that our employees put into the relationship with us, the more they get back. And I don't mean the number of hours they work, Mm -hmm. but the more committed they are to us, the more they contribute, then the more that we're going to give back to them. So it is not unheard of at all for somebody to leave in the middle of the day because they are going to see their child's dance competition. Mm -hmm. We know that because we're accommodating them, we will get that back in spades. And we're not clock watchers and we're not saying, well, if you know, you're gone for an hour, you have to make up that hour some other time. But we know that it will all work out in the wash. Now, that's kind of a, almost a statement of faith, but how do you know that it'll work out in the, wa- in the wash? I mean, how do you figure that out? How do you get to a point where you say it's working out? Well, you trust that it will, and if it doesn't, then you deal with it. Okay, which is something that I heard from one of the individuals I interviewed for Road to Respect. She said the same thing. You have to start from a place of trust. You assume everyone is going to step up to the plate, and then you deal with those that aren't. Mm -hmm. Whereas traditionally in HR, it's much often the other kind Mm -hmm. of perspective where it's, let's imagine everybody's going to be sort of trying to get the most and put in the least, and let's treat everyone that way. Yeah. Another example is that we do not have a specific limit on the number of sick days. Oh. Nor do we have an allocation of sick days. Our policy is simply, if you're sick, stay home. If you're not, come to work. And people can use those sick days, or what we call health and well-being days, if they have um, urgent personal business, or if they have a sick child and they can't get daycare, or whatever. And again, that's very much based on trust, that you're not just going to take a day off, you know, every Monday of a long weekend or Tuesday after a long weekend or Mm -hmm. whatever. That just doesn't happen. We don't see that people are abusing that. Right. And your workforce is predominantly female. Yes. Yes. Two-thirds female. Two-thirds, yeah, as I think is fairly typical in your industry. And as we all know, not that work-life balance isn't important for men, but particularly with women, as you know, the Shriver Report has just sort of attested to, so many women are juggling family and work that having that kind of flexibility where, as you said, you can go to your child's dance class or take your child to a, a you know, a, a doctor's appointment or take a day off when you need it, that really, I think, does, again, it demonstrates respect, but it lets employees know we see you as a person. Mm-hmm. We value the fact, we appreciate the fact that you have a life outside of work, and what we want you to be able to do is focus when you're here, and how do we support you to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that sounds to me like what's 
sort of underneath that philosophy. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, though, how you, again, what was the discussion you had around the developing a sick day policy without any limit of sick days? That's been in place for, oh, about 14 years, wow. actually. Yeah. And I can't even remember now how we went about putting that in place, but it, it wasn't a big deal. We just said, you know, people are adults. Let's go with it and see what happens. Because I'm thinking that some of our listeners are going to be hearing that and going, oh, my God, they don't have any limits in their sick day policy? At the same time, if a manager suspected that it were being abused, then they could do something about it. Right. So, again, it's it's that adult-to-adult relationship that if somebody is taking excessive time off, the manager can say, I'm going to need a doctor's note for this. Right. So... Hopefully it doesn't come to that, but there there is that other half of it if, if it does. Right. And do you think that, I mean, this is something I argue, but I'm sort of asking a bit of a loaded question here, but do you think that the fact that you do have this kind of coaching culture, this relationship-based culture where the supervisor or the branch manager does have relationship, then, again, it's a lot harder to, quote-unquote, abuse these kinds of privileges when you do that mm-hmm. in, in the context of that relationship. Whereas if you're just a sort of a nameless, faceless being and you don't feel connected, then you might think, well, sure, I can be gone six or seven days. Who's going to notice? Right, right. Actually, I think we have more trouble the other way of saying to people, please, go home. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> don't come to work. Stay home. Because they're committed. Mm-hmm. They're committed and they're... They want to be here and they want to do a great job. Mm-hmm. Well, go and, ahead. And they don't want to let their coworkers down. Wow. Now, is just as I heard when I sat with Michelle, isn't that just exactly what every employer would like to do? Have a workforce that says, "Hey, I don't want to let my coworkers down. I want to ensure that I'm doing my best. I want to contribute." And I think it's critically important to create the kind of environment that you have where people see that their individual contribution really matters. And you've talked a little bit about how you do that relative to the goals, but is there anything else that that you could share with us in terms of how you really get that sense of an individual who sees that they're connected to the overall goals and how they're contributing to the organization? We do have a a program that we call You Are Valued. Oh. And that is an instant recognition program that is available to anybody in the credit union to award to anybody else. And the way it works is you see somebody doing something that's really over and above, and you send them what we call a trip to the treasure chest. Every department and branch has their treasure chest, which is filled with various goodies and and, uh, so on. And in awarding the person the trip to the treasure chest, you need to explain to them exactly what they did that made such an impact. And we encourage people to tie it back to the business so that everything is aligned. Wow. So it isn't simply, thanks very much, you helped me out, but it was, thank you for staying late and helping me finish that report for that member because that helped me make the sale to them the next day. So that people really understand that what they're doing is making a difference. Well, that is just a great... A fantastic idea for recognition. My head is sort of whirling here because I'm thinking about. And and we celebrate in other ways as well on our internet. We have a kudos section, okay. and we post stories about employees 
who make a difference. And they submit these themselves or their colleagues submit them. And so we hear stories about how someone had a particular relationship with a member and they did something over and above and the member ended up referring all kinds of business to us. That's exactly the kind of thing that we want employees to see because it's an example of A, what we're looking for, and B, something that really does have an impact on the business. Now, or just before we wrap up, you talked about your internet and the sharing those good news stories. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about uh, you know your internet and how you use that to support your overall culture and environment? Sure. We use our internet a great deal. We expect people to look at it a couple of times a day because we are constantly posting information on there about our financial results, about things that are going on in the industry employee stories, everything employees need to be successful in their jobs. One section of it that I want to just tie back to that open culture is we have a section that we call Connect with Chris. Chris Catliff is our CEO. Mm -hmm. And employees can write to him about anything anonymously or they can put their name on it. And Chris commits to getting back to them within a couple of days. Wow. And if he doesn't know the answer, he goes and finds it out and gets back to them. But that's a link for employees directly to the CEO. So it's good for employees because they can say whatever they want, and it's great for Chris because he finds out at a grassroots level what's going on with employees. And obviously, as we talked about earlier, the critical thing is that the employees get a response. Mm -hmm. Right. And what did you say the timeline was? Within a couple of days. Within a couple of days. Wow, that's great. And the other thing I'm hearing reflected is the importance of that kind of critical communication, communication about the financials. As you said, everything they need to do their jobs well. And I think that's something that's often missing in organizations is not communicating enough so that employees really don't get that sense that they know what's going on. So you use your internet really to support um, that ongoing communication as well mm-hmm. as that relationship building. That and email. We regularly have communications going to all staff from each of the executives so that they know what's going on in HR, so that they know what's going on in finance or or in IT or Mm -hmm. or what have you. And again, a practice that really, really demonstrates respect Mm -hmm. because when employees know what's going on, then they feel that, hey, they care about me. It's that value that you talked mm-hmm. about, the program. What was the name of that program? You value. Oh, you are valued. You are valued, exactly. I mean, that's a sort of a tangible translation of that, of that idea because when I get the information I need to do my job, I recognize that I'm valued. So, again, it's not about making the statements. It's about adopting the practices mm-hmm. that are really important. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time with us uh, today, Marnie. It's been a fantastic interview. I've learned lots of oh, things. Thank you. It's and been I'm my sure, pleasure. And I'm sure our listeners will uh, um, be very interested. If they want to learn more about North Shore Credit Union, where should they go? They should go to www.nscu.com. Okay, great. And there they'll find out everything they need to know. Absolutely. Okay, well, thanks again. Thank you very much, Erica.